This is the District 3 Podcast. Um, I don't know what episode this is, but this is Irvin. Uh, Manny's actually not here today. He was feeling a little under the weather, so it's me taking over the show today. And uh, we actually have two guests that are uh, friends of mine and also friends of a lot of people in the community. Um, so we're definitely going to try to keep this, this episode as positive as possible, even though there's a lot of uh, sad and unfortunate things to talk about. Um, so joining us today, we have uh, Kevin Rodriguez and Alan Rodriguez. How are you all? Pretty good, man. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's good, man. Yo, what's good, good, guys? What's good? good day, Let's man. do it's it. And this is, uh, for the most part, the only bilingual podcast that I know in Arkansas. So, hablamos un poquito español, hablamos un poquito en inglés. Entonces, la gente que está escuchando ahorita en el 99.9 FM Holland, um, hablan español y también habla inglés. Entonces, estamos muy agradecidos con todas las personas que están escuchando hoy. Um, how are you all feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, good yeah. Uh, very, it's hot, right? It's hot yeah. outside. Mucho, mucho agradecido porque it's hot. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, that uh, I guess like that that weather, you know, that that's coming in. Because like we had this long period of like uh, of cold weather and like uh, that that early early cold weather too. But you know, hey, he's just saying it because he loves wearing tank tops, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's flexing right now here he's in the late. station. He's and it was it was your birthday the other day, right, Kevin? Oh, How old yeah. are you now? You told 21. me you were 25, but you're 20. 21, baby. 21, man. You're just a baby. Yeah, just a baby. <laughs> I remember when I was 21. I think 21, 22 is like the perfect age. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not even point of even growing any more than that because you can already do everything that like, there, every restriction is pretty much taken away. Well, actually, you can't rent a van until you're 25. Oh, okay. So there's van. one restriction. That brown van I was eyeballing <laughs> at, at uh, what's it called? Um, Enterprise, <laughs> you can't you can't rent that until you're 25 years old, man. Yeah, so there's, years, maybe 25 is the perfect age. Yeah. How old are you, Ellen? I'm I'm about to be 25. On so you're about to enter the perfect age. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm actually 28, so I'm already past my prime. But um, it's still it's still a good age. It's still a good thing to be alive. You know, it's right. I'm very positive every day I wake up. I'm always like I'm always super grateful for another day. And I think you have to look at life that way. You know, to yeah. to be able to to be happy. Yeah, um, but we appreciate you both being here, and we definitely want to talk to you all about everything that's been happening the past few months. Um, there's been so much happening, and I know that uh, you went along for that ride too, Kevin. You know, because even though Alan was going was going specifically through all these things, um, you were there as well, yeah. and uh, you have a lot to say, I, I, I guess. Um, but we can just start from the beginning, just start kind of how things. Uh, well, be- before we get to the actual events that have happened in the past few months, let's talk a little bit about you all. Where Where is y'all's family from? Uh, we're from Guanajuato, Irapuato. Oh, okay. Well, me too. My family's yeah. from Guanajuato too. What part of Guanajuato do you know? Uh, my mom's from La Ciudad, the, like Irapuato. Um, okay. Uh, like the, their central. Sure. Okay. I think uh, our dad is uh, part time now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the famous box. Yeah, the, the box. Half, half of the population of Springdale is yeah, yeah. like, like ah, but y'all don't live in Springdale. Y'all live out of Springdale. <laughs> nah, yeah, we um, live in Fayetteville, man. In Fayetteville, have y'all lived? How long? How long have you have you been here in this country, Kevin? Were you born here? Yeah, so twenty one years. Oh, where were you, where were you born, Johnson? Um, uh, what's it called? Um, he, he was born at the at the uh, where the A U M S. Uh, oh, in Fayetteville? Yeah, in Fayetteville. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're like like actual like Fayetteville, mm-hmm. born and raised. Yes, yeah. And how long how long has it been since since you came here to this country, Alan? Uh, and man, it's been twenty twenty, about to be twenty four years. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I came here whenever I was like, you know, less than a year old. 
you know, about to be a year old or something like that. Um, so, you know, like I said, I've known, you know, Fayetteville's been my city all my life, you know what I mean? It's been something that, you know, I, I grew up in Fayetteville, you know what I'm saying? I went to Jefferson Elementary, went to Fayetteville High School, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, this, this has been my home. Arkansas has been my home. So, um, besides the events that have been happening in the past few months, uh, many people in the community know you for your art. Um, how did that passion come about? Man, ever since I was in second grade, I know for a fact that, you know, I, I love creating. I love being creative, uh, drawing, uh, painting. Um, I remember the, the first thing I ever really, like, I would say was my art project was a, uh, like, that I did for myself was I painted a side view of a little Dodge Viper that I had of, like, a little Hot Wheels car. Um, and how old and were you then? I was in second grade. It was, like, okay. the summer after my sec- after second grade. Um, but, yeah, you know, that was, that was for sure. Um, I knew for sure, like, this is something I'm going to pursue no matter what. Like, you know, I was drawing on my homework, uh, on my notes that, you know, they'd hand out. There would be drawings all on the side of it and whatnot. It was, it was just something that I knew I... I I couldn't escape from because I didn't want to ever leave art. You know what mm. I'm saying? So, I, I personally like I'm horrible at drawing, right? <laughs> like I, I try, and sometimes I see some of the stuff that you do, some of the stuff that Kenny or Octavio Logo does, and I'm just like I don't, I don't understand where like your thought process is. Um, is there, is there something like special about how you uh, have that process? How you think about that process of creating an art piece? Like, do you start somewhere all the time, like, with something specific and then evolve, or what do you do? Um, How is that process for you? You know, a lot of artists start differently, and uh, there's some artists that are very methodical about how they go about their pieces, from, like, laying out a grid uh, to some some artists make a thought clock. Uh, but artists like me, I honestly, I go with what I feel, you know what I'm saying? I, I really have an internal dialogue within myself, and I say, okay, what do I want to do? You know, if it's a commission or if it's a project somebody wants me to work on, I the, the main thing I ask myself is how can this impact, how can that, this have the most impact and the most positive, uh, you know, impact um, possible. Mm. And through that, um, you know, I myself, I start sifting through ideas within my own head. Sometimes I'll write stuff down, but most of the time, like, you know, at home I have a lot of sketchbooks and, like, just notebooks that I'll just scribble and like, you know, just really just do very raw sketches of, and um, I just develop ideas from there. As far as like, actually putting a paint, like brush to to canvas, there's, you know, what one one thing that I love I love uh, all the Marvel movies right, and there's a uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy too right the 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 blue dude who's like, talking about how he uses his little like arrow and he whistles at you know, um, he's like. I don't use my head, I use my heart. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's something that, um, as an artist, I always took took to heart for sure, um, was that, you know, I just kind of look at the canvas and I'm like, I'm gonna start right there. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and like, it, it goes from there, but I honestly couldn't tell you um, where that comes from because it's really just something inside of me internally that goes, okay, this is where it's gonna start. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just go from there. Okay. In the beginning, like at first, whenever you first see it, it's like, like, oh, where's this going on? And he's like, you'll see, you'll see. And like, <laughs> I end up do, do seeing it. But, you know, it, I think it really pays off at the end because, like, it's something special. And, like, I sometimes draw, but, like, it's very, you know, like, 
more process and whatnot mm -hmm. and like i just i just have to be like thinking of the right thing and like i don't know it's more steps with me and like with alan it's like it's more of a feeling and i feel like that's like it's more important more important for uh everybody like to um i guess like to try like to taste everything you know what i mean because yeah. like it's very important because that's that's an artist's mind is like is very valuable you know what i'm saying yeah i just i don't understand like I, I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like if you if you're kind of born with the gift yeah you can practice you know but I feel like a lot of people are just kind of born naturally with the gift mm -hmm. of being able to visualize something in their head and then like literally put the image that they have in their head like on a piece of paper on a, on a piece of canva mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people can a lot of people have different artistic abilities sometimes it's not art like in the sense of like drawing or painting it can be music or mm -hmm. or just doing creating videos or there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that people can do um so you've been doing this for a while now i remember i i actually don't remember the first time i met you uh, i know it's been more than five years oh yeah i remember you you volunteered at several of the uh, natural dreamers mm -hmm. events and so did your brother Eric that's right as well who was uh, who would volunteer at like DACA clinics that we would do here um, so y'all have always been involved in the community um, how how important is it for you all to be involved in the community like what I know that and I was talking to you off air how uh, your mom is such a warrior you know your mom's always pushing forward even through the difficult times and uh, I kind of feel like she probably passed on that like moral responsibility to do uh, things for others, you oh, yeah. know, to you all. Yeah, you know, and, and actually the first, I remember the first time I met you, you had met Eric first at a, at a DACA clinic. Okay. And then I met you while we were doing a, uh, while we were doing a training. Um, and yeah, man, we just clicked ever since then. Like it's really just been, you know what I mean? Really, really cool, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, you know, I know for a fact that me and Eric both, uh, started helping out um, the reason why we really helped out in these DACA clinics was you know yeah like my mom said you know always try to always try to help out others you know what I'm saying and like she never really just said it more than she showed it to us you know what I'm saying from you know just very little things uh, you know we would see her go out of her way to help other people and at, when you're younger when you're a kid you're like like you're at church like mom let's go i'm gonna go home but you know she's she's always been there like helping out at the church or, or doing things for the church at saint um, joseph right saint joseph yeah mm -hmm. i remember yeah, um this like one christmas where um where um where she saw a homeless guy outside of uh o'reilly's and like she bought a present uh for for a friend uh a family friend it was like a couple of blankets and like mm -hmm. their plush you know the, the quality you know quality yeah. you get it from from a Mexican guy from uh, yeah. down the street, you know what I mean? You know, the ones all, that has like the tiger on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all plush and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, and like he 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 gave her, uh, uh, not he, uh, she gave him uh, two plush like friggin' like soft, warm uh, blankets. And oh. I was just like, I was just like, um, she made me. Um, we were both driving our cars, and mm -hmm. like, um, and I'm like, Gavin, come come over here to the store. I'm like what store i was like you know what i mean i was confused she's like yeah. the store with the thing over here and like mm -hmm. um but like she 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 told me to like uh give it to the guy because like i didn't even see the guy whenever i first passed by and i was yeah. like oh i see him right there and like um she um she went out of her way to yeah. um uh give the guy uh <laughs> um 
the 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 quilts or the whatnot. And like uh, I was like, um, uh, the guy thanked me. I was like, mm. don't thank me, man. Thank, thank her, my mom. Thank yeah. my mom, dude. <laughs> most most definitely. She's yeah. the OG. So, like I said, she's definitely been the one to really like implement that. You know, helping others is like a huge thing, and it's something that I found purpose in. Uh, yeah. From teaching kids on probation art with Kenny, um, mm. you know, um, that was something that, you know. It was a turning point for me because that's where I really found what it is to pass on knowledge, but at the same time, be able to connect and inspire, um, you know, a kid who's, who I like, because I've been in their shoes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been in their shoes as far as thinking that the system is out to get me and like, I'm, you know, mm. like, you know, I'm just fighting an uphill battle, but you know and get i've i've always said that in, in giving a, a, like a teenager a direction that's that's a lot of the problems why a lot of kids get in trouble is by no direction by not having a direction these kids they just kind of they're loose cannons you know what i mean is like quote unquote what they say but at the same time it's like once you give them a direction somewhere to go towards like they're they're going to they're going to go for it you know what i mean you just got to show them that direction you know what i mean yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. And uh, we're going to take a little quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play a Yonkers remix from a local artist who's a friend of y'all's, Kevin Contra. Kevin Contra. Uh, known to many as Kevin Romero. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that, and we'll be right back after this quick break. Show you how I make an angel fly. I'm Wiley Coyote with the ropes tying you to the tracks and let the days go by until the train go by. Cause I just get her done like Larry the Cable Guy. Sometimes I'm hella mean. Sometimes I help you cheer up. Sometimes I'm sweeter than Ashland's maple syrup. Sometimes I lash out without needing any mascara. I talk about taking over. Hope they don't overhear us. Giving food for thought. They want to know just what it tastes like. If you want the beef, I'm pulling out my handy steak knife. I'm so hot off the top till I become brain fried But I'm like a close ski slope Cause I don't let a thing slide Throwing you a couple dog just like it's date night Headed for a milli, that's why I give a little Wayne vibe I'm on the rise, you and I are not on the same flight And if I catch you at the airport, I take you out on plain sight Yeah, bars That was Kevin Contra. The song is called Yonkers Remix, and it's on YouTube. Check it out. Check out Kevin Contra's music. Uh, it's also all over YouTube. Here's some of it. You can hear it in the background. Uh, but check him out. Also, I'm not sure where else, what other platforms he might be on. Uh, SoundCloud. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. He has got an Instagram, Kevin Contra. Yeah, he does little little bits of like one minutes like. Okay. Of his like music just to like uh, promote it, but why am I acting surprised? I've had him on the show before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did a freestyle for us back right. uh, a while back, um, so we definitely do appreciate Kevin Contra, and we definitely uh, love having him on the show. And now coming back, just so we can kind of talk a little bit more about uh, some of the serious stuff, um, some of the more more heavy stuff, Alan. So, um, what month was it when all this happened? I forgot. It's been is it September or September twentieth is is the day I. September 19th is when I got arrested. Okay. Uh, September 20th is whenever I, I got moved into general population. Okay. Um, so you got you got arrested, and, and some of it had to do with, like, graffiti, and I think that you, you had a... The, what you graffitied had a positive message. Can you talk a little bit about that, about what the message was? Yeah, man, you know, I've always... I've always... Anybody who knows me knows that, 
you know, my main thing is always love yourself. I've always told that to all my friends, all the artists, um, everyone. That's something that, you know, I've always pushed for is, you know, just keep loving yourself and loving each other. And I've also, like, around that time I was experiencing, like, I really just, I was experiencing, you could say, angst towards the bureaucracy of going through the proper channels of being able to just put a positive message out there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's so many permits and I have to ask so many people for this to be able to do this and that. And, you know, um, one thing that a lot of people, you know, don't know is like, I started doing graffiti like as a kid, like, you know, I my mom still has all these sketchbooks of whenever I was a kid, just constantly doing graffiti, you know what I'm saying? And it was through graffiti that I got in contact with uh, Jamie, Ulick and uh, Val Gonzalez at Terra Studios, mm. and they gave me my first opportunity to do a graffiti mural. Yeah, which was a positive mural, believe it or not. Uh, it says "Create" and it has mm. these little characters on it. That was something to me that, you know. Ever since then, you know, I've always, you know, I've always wanted to show people, like, you know, especially children, like, you can you can do what you want, like as far as like positivity goes. Um, you know, just go about it the right way. And I for sure, you know, like I said, through my sort of frustration, um, you know, I, you could say that I lashed out as a as a young artist, you know, yeah. and, you know, and I, I really just wanted to spread, you know, love and positivity mm -hmm. uh, that night, um, which I learned that night that that, that is yeah. a felony. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I did not know that. And so... And the problem, the problem with, uh, usually people when, with that kind of like charge, um, they eventually get out, have a bail, and they can get out, go live their life, come back for court. But for you, uh, the 287G program was active. Mm. And for those that don't know, 287G is a federal voluntary program where only three counties in Arkansas had it at the moment. It was Washington County, Bank County, and Craighead County. They were the counties that had that program active. The 287G program that's active here, uh, pretty much what they do is when you go uh, into the county jail, they ask you what country you come from, mm -hmm. right? And, and then if you tell them that you're from a different country, then ICE actually looks into you and it figures out if you're uh, undocumented, if you're on DACA, whatever the situation is, and they put an ICE detainer on you. Yep. Um, a lot of the times um, you, you, can even you can either have like DACA, which is, of course, a, a uh, temporary solution for this immigration problem this country has, but uh, it pretty much means that you're legally in the country, and I put that with uh, quotation marks, uh, legally in this country. Folks, um, I know people that, have, that are DACA recipients have been in the county jails waiting for months and months for their, for their court. So you pretty much experienced this in the sense that you were in there for, for months just waiting for something to happen. Uh, how was your experience in the county jail? You know, it's very surprising, you know, because, like I said, uh, you know, just to give you a play-by-play, -play, uh, whenever you get, like, whenever I got arrested, they put you in a, in a holding cell. And from the holding cell, they process you um, and give you a classification. If you have any violent charges, you get put into what's known as the A-side, which is where a lot of violent offenders go or a lot of, like, career criminals go. It's all based on a point system. So if your points aren't high are high enough, you go to this side, right, which is a maximum security side. If your points are low, then you go to 
the minimum security side, uh, which, which which was where I was put in. Um, now I spent like 24 hours in the holding cell, mm-hmm. and for a lot of people who've never experienced jail, you know, I hope nobody, you know, if you haven't ever experienced jail, I hope you never do. But what it, what it is, a holding cell is just this concrete bench, and you're there until they tell you come out. You know what I'm saying, and then until they process you, which sometimes it could take an hour. Uh, for me, it took 24 hours. You know, being in you know in a holding cell, man, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, you know, just really taking the weight of what was going on and just like kind of just dumping it on you all at once. Um, once I got moved into general population, uh, you know, just to break it down, you know, people click up by your race or your ethnicity. So the Hispanics, you know, live together on one side, uh, you know, African-Americans live with each other on the other side. Uh, the, you know, Caucasians live with one, with their, with, in one section and then like the older guys live within, live within an, another section. Um, and for the most part, it, it's, it's peaceful, man. I mean, nobody wants to get in trouble. Nobody wants to add charges to your, you know, situation for something dumb, mm-hmm. but you know, things happen. You're, you're in close, you're in such close proximity with so many people that, you know, problems do arise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you know, it's, it, it was tough for sure, man. Um, I would say that, you know, if I didn't have art, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people in there really told me how hard it is for them to, to not have like something creative, what they, they can escape with their, into their own mind. Um, which at the same time, I, I consider a blessing this whole situation because I got to meet a lot of people from so many walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, um, from people that you would honestly be scared of talking to, I had a chance to talk to them and teach them how to draw a rose. Yeah, I remember you you talking about that when we saw you with uh, Kenny at the jail. Yeah, man, uh, draw a rose or a skull or something like that, and it's like... Didn't you also help people like uh, to do origami? Origami, <laughs> yeah, I showed. You know, it's pretty crazy to see a dude who's dude was done time in prison like sitting there working on a little paper flower right and him being we're all like, human you know we're all we all yeah we all need that oh shout yeah out to, uh, shout out to eric eric rodriguez because he's the one who got us on on that oh, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. i remember back in uh back in like elementary school you'd be like i sucked at it you know but yeah. i remember kids doing it and i'd be like man that's so cool yeah and it, it takes time to do it and like i said the time goes by man and like you don't like I, you know in County Joe, you really, like, you're with your people, so, like I said, it, 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 everybody understands each other about their situation, um, and so, also being able to tell other races, letting, like, uh, the African Americans and, and the, you know, white, white people know how the situation that I have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it was always, like, a surprise to them that, wait, you're in jail? Because you were spreading a positive message, you were writing "Love Yourself" on the wall. Yeah. Hey man, get o- get over here. Come, listen to what this dude did. This is why he's in here. Yeah, that's why I'm in here. And why are you still in here? Well, I have a, you know, a detainer by immigration. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just seeing that surprise on their faces uh, was 
you know, it, it was a trip because, you know, they're like, they would always be like, you talk the most proper out of everybody in here, you know, and I'm like, mm. yeah, but that doesn't matter to these people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I did. You uh, were there for how long? Five months. In the Washington County Jail? Four, wait, four months for sure, yeah. Man, I, I just, um, you know, I work partly in the jail you know so i work in getting pulling people out with the bell project so i talk to a lot of folks that are there from like hours to months and i know a lot of the times like part of my job process is like i have to call family members and be like hey your family members here in jail you know and some of them i hear that some of them will tell me yeah and let them stay there for a week so they can learn their lesson (laughs) (laughs) And, and let me tell you something jail like even though you might get a new outlook in life in a way to some people when you come out it's not the solution like jail's not rehab you know people need to go to rehab people need to go to mental health institutions to be able to get the help that they need and jail is not like a place that you send someone so that they can come out way better than they were usually they come out worse you know because there's a lot of uh, people um, whose mental illness gets worse when being in jail you know Um, and how does that how does that affect your your uh like your mental health like the time that you did do you feel it affected you in any way yeah well i will say this Uh, this is something an og once told me he said you can take this experience in two ways you can either allow what happened to you to create a vortex and a void of hatred a void of negativity or you can use this to build yourself figure out why did why it is you were in here figure out you know deal with your demons fight your demons battle your demons so you when you do come out you come out of change man mm-hmm. you know he broke it down in a way where it's like and it would be crazy because like you know when you say that by the way kudos to you man because like i was in there and i would see how people who got the bail project who at first were like hopeless like oh my god i don't know what i'm gonna do like you know, and then finding out that, you know, they can, they're going to be bailed out. Like, you know, it was, it's, it's a, you know, a big impact, man. Like I'm telling you, like, I think I told you that one day, yeah. one time, but yeah, man, like it's, it's, it's great work that what you're doing, but like I was saying, like, you know, we get teenagers, right? Like 19, 18 years old and, you know, in the Mexican side or the Hispanic side, you're made to work out, <laughs> you know? you have to do what's called routine, right? Uh, that's right before dinner, everybody works out. If you're Mexican, it's a, it's a way of paying rent is like, is how, you know, we say it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you gotta do routine, you gotta get, you know, and- Gotta get jacked. You know, and, and the main reason why we would do that is one, uh, it's a an actual psychological thing to exercise helps with depression, it helps mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, si- the psychological side of, of the daunting part of being in jail but it also helps you physically. And to these kids that would come in, you know, we purposely do workouts that were hard. Uh, one, to challenge ourselves, like I said, uh, psychologically, but at the same time to give these kids uh, a reason not to come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because so it's, like, we, so it's like Beyond Scared Straight, like that show? In a sense, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because when a kid comes in, the OGs would, would constantly tease them and stuff like that and like mm. put them in situations that they would think that they're that they would see it on tv yeah um so that way they wouldn't come back you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying so that way 
okay, that wasn't fun at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What was, what was one of those situations? One kid, uh, you know, one kid, he was, he was, he was very gentle. Um, and when they cut off the lights, you know, we were just teasing him. We're like, all right, man, well, yeah. you're going to have to fight. <laughs> like, what? No, I, I, I don't know how to fight. You're going to have to fight, bro. <laughs> but, but I, and he just started crying, like, mm-hmm. and we're like, I'm sorry, man. That's not going to stop what's about to happen. And the dude just started sobbing. He's like, I don't, I don't fight. And, blah, blah, blah. and so finally, cause, and there was no intention of fighting mm-hmm. and making him fight. It was just something so he would really get the gravity of, like, man, I'm in jail, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, finally, like, bro, chill out. You're not going to fight. Mm-hmm. Like, but this should serve a lesson that, like, in, a, in another on another block, it could be that they don't care if you don't know how to fight. You gotta, yeah. You got to go catch the corner. You're going to have to fight. Um, and, you know, in other other blocks, in other places, they'll take whatever you got. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't care. If you got a nice mat, if there's a person that's been in there for a long time and is, like, a ruthless person, they're going to take your mat. You know what I mean? Give you... So it definitely sounds like it's not a place where your mental health is going to get better. Not at all. No, <laughs> no, no. So that's, I think that's one thing that we can that we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what ended up happening was the city of Fayetteville ended up dropping your charges. That's right. Right? And I think, if I remember correctly, I think your uh, mom also fundraised enough to cover, like, the damages. The damages. With community yeah. members and stuff. And uh, so they paid that back as well. Um, and then what ended up happening is when the charges were dropped automatically you get transferred to Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, and what's the jail called? I forgot. Uh, Win, it's called LaSalle. Uh, Win Correctional. LaSalle Correctional in Wynn Parish. Okay. But it's uh, known to a lot of people as Win Correctional. Like, my dad was there back in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he got in trouble legally. Nothing, nothing major, but back in the day when we used to live in California, he had, um, he was, he had like a driver's license under a different name. Okay. And it ended up catching up to him. He was a resident. He ended okay. up like getting pretty much getting sent to Louisiana, mm-hmm. and he was only there for a few weeks. And eventually, he got deported, unfortunately. Um, but the time that he was there, I remember he would call. And my dad was a very tough guy, you know. Like mm-hmm. he did karate for a lot of his young life. Like he knew how to fight and everything. But mm-hmm. I remember when he would call us from that jail, he'd be like, "Man, this place is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like I can't take it anymore. Like either." Either if my lawyers aren't going to get me out, like, I'm just going to go ahead and sign my deportation because I can't, I can't take this place anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about the experience in Louisiana at that detention center? Uh, yeah, man. Um, like, for sure, you know, I will say that it, it is extreme. Like, and it's not, like, inmate to inmate, uh, you know, tension. It's more of like the guards and, and, you know, and just to clarify, these aren't immigration agents. Mm -hmm. These are guards like by a security company Mm -hmm. that is hired to run, run, run the facility. Um, and a lot of these guards, um, they have this power trip, you know, and they, they really try to make it seem like you have to listen to everything they they have to say. Um, and you know, like I said, for every little thing they would, they would try to get onto you for, um, and you know, I know when I first got down there, I had I had, you know, the, the people that were already there had broken down to me. You know, they asked me who I was. I had been down there, and there was a, already a guy down there who had left Louisiana 
before I got there, you know, and, uh, or no, 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 I was put in, they put you in quarantine this before they, you know, move you anywhere else, and this guy had seen the protest that, you know, everybody did, thank you to everybody for the protest, um, you know, attempting to stop the, the bus, but he had seen this, and he had seen it while he was at Washington County, so whenever I entered the tier, He's like, you're, you're the guy they were protesting for. And then word got out, okay, he's he's done activist work. So then the guys who had been there a long time had told me, like, look, man, there's a lot of injustice you need to talk about that's going on here. Mm. Uh, one instance is that they, these inmates did a peaceful, peaceful protest because there was only two immigration judges uh, that were actively working on these cases at that facility. Nothing was getting done. I mean, people's... People had been there for almost a year, no court dates, you know. Um, And so what they did, they were like, we're not going to do anything violent. We're just going to, when they take us out to the yard, we're not going to come back inside. Mm. We're just going to stay out here until we talk to an immigration agent, until we talk to somebody, to until this changes. So I think they went out in the morning. They stayed out there all day. And when it was close to nighttime... Uh, what's known as the chase team, the sort of anti-riot team came down and started bear spraying everybody and like mm-hmm. pepper spraying everyone. And it wasn't like they were spraying people to get them to calm down. Like they, once they sprayed everybody, they walked by and were spraying people in the face that were like trying to cover themselves up. And, you know, there was one guy down there uh, who, uh, after that incident, um, you know, he had a lot of like extreme uh, medical conditions that started happening to mm. him. His kidneys almost started failing. You know, he really couldn't breathe. Um, and these guards would just be like, "Well, you shouldn't have done. What, you shouldn't have protested." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, uh, yeah, man. Like, there would be also guards who would just be very disrespectful towards you, uh, who really really try to treat you like trash um like i said i know there was one instance when a captain actually was trying to separate our entire tier um because he had made a mistake he had told his boss there's this open tier and his boss is like okay well we're gonna bring more people down everybody in that tier you're as a since you're in that tier as a family you're, you're pretty you develop like a, a brothership pretty much and so when this, you know, here comes this guy trying to tell us, okay, now everybody's got to split up. It's like, no, man, we're not. Just because you made a mistake, we're not going to split up. Mm-hmm. And so me being the voice for these people, I told them, you know, I flat out told the, told the captain in front of everybody, well, with all due respect, captain, we're not going to move because you made a mistake. And the captain in front of everybody said, well, with all due respect, you should go back to your country. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a captain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not this really is, surprised though. Yeah. You know, but this is like, like you're you're not there to be dis- discriminatory, man. Like, yeah. You're the, like, and that's one thing I said to him is like that's racist. Yeah, like yeah. you're you're literally acting out on your prejudice, mm-hmm. you know, and and so another thing that happened was, uh, you know, they took away all the guys that had peacefully protested. They took away their yard privileges, right? Mm-hmm. So every time they wanted to go to the yard. You got put into a cage, pretty much, which is about the size of this room mm. while you're outside. But it's like a, pretty much like a kennel. And, and this is a small room, so mm. I imagine how yeah. how that is. And it's, it's like 
they find ways to psychologically affect you, mm-hmm. which is horrible. And like you, you can ask for like what was, you know, some of the things that really like that that helped was that there was free med- medication down there that you could ask for if you had trouble sleeping or you had you know anxiety or depression. They there was psycho- psychologists there to um, diagnose you and you know help treat you. Um, but a lot of times that took a long time for you to even like see a doctor. I know. Which is even crazy because it's like they know the damage they're causing people. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's very counterproductive, the fact that, oh, yeah, they have psychologists there, but yet they're going to, like, mess you up. Oh, yeah. And like I said, and and the thing is also, like, with that, even the nurses, man, there were certain nurses that were actually there to help you yeah. and would actually understand your situation. Um, but those nurses would get in trouble by the other nurses that were somewhat prejudiced. Um, I know that... There was one nurse that came around, and if you didn't come by when they called your name, they wouldn't even try. They would just walk off. And some people needed those medications, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so it's like whenever you would tell the guards, hey, like, I didn't get my medication. Well, you should have came while the pill call was being called. Mm. Man, I was I was asleep. I was, you know, doing something. Well, that, whose fault is that? It's like, man, this guy's got, like, blood pressure problems. Like, you're going to really, like, deny him. And then, like, the nurses would come down all frustrated like well you should have just made sure you know you you were here blah 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 and it's like like i said it was it was like you're saying it's very counterproductive uh, as far as the staff goes um so they they make problems and they blame the problems on, on yeah. the people who who mm-hmm. are needing like do do because of those problems and yeah that's just messed up and how was uh, how kevin how was your experience uh living it on the outside with your mom well, I was uh, I was working a lot, and um, me and my mom uh, were cleaning houses without Alan, and uh, and like that that kind of took a toll, you know, because like, you know, my mom has a bad back and and mm-hmm. whatnot, and uh, and most of the time, like, um, whenever we're cleaning houses, you know, she we're you know we're trying to get done, and like you know I I have another job to get to, and like most of the times, like I I like I don't want to leave my mom there like yeah. alone there, but you know, there's some houses that she can handle, but you know. Uh, like leaving her in, leaving her in like some some big houses, and like uh, that really takes a toll on her yeah. and her health and and uh, and whatnot and like you know whenever I, uh, I try to do my best but um, uh, I clean a, a store by myself so that she doesn't have to and um, now I'm cleaning it without so that you know she's at home resting well, and easily but you know with this quarantine you know um, I'm kind of grateful and kind of you know. Uh, sad that it's happening nowadays yeah uh, you know but uh you know there's you know s- positive things that we can take out of this quarantine because like you know power naps you know yeah and, and you've been working out alan too right yeah, yeah talk, sure. talk a little bit about that yeah um we, me and uh alan are, are trying to do like this uh fitness uh facebook lives so that people can join in and um and uh, where can people see that uh facebook uh my facebook or alan's facebook alan rodriguez or kevin rodriguez on Facebook, um, yeah, it's, uh, we're gonna try to be posting more about you know workouts. Um, he's working me out mm. uh, with prison workouts that he's done <laughs> over there, and they're they're killing me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, but uh, I, I've been uh, trying to um, show him more um, science-based like um, workouts that uh, honestly that's been helping me. Um, 
Um, you've also been doing like diet stuff, right? Like, yeah. You've been talking about like what you eat and stuff. That's my biggest problem, Kevin. Yeah. Like just following that food, yeah, yeah, that yeah. food regimen. Like I can work out, you know. Today I biked eight miles, which it's not a lot to a lot of people, but to me it's like a lot. Hey man, you know, it's a lot, bro. Like, I feel like weeks. it's like an hour. Um, yeah. And but the food, I'm still trying to get better at it, but. Mm. Uh, it's it's still a little bit difficult, but it's good. It's cool that you're doing that. Yeah, and um, uh, it depends though on you and people out there. Um, I was gonna I was gonna do a Facebook live about this. Um, do you want to look better or feel better? Because yeah. those those are two mo- most important things that uh, you need to I guess um, uh, find mm-hmm. in your goal setting uh, or goal finding. Yeah. Because like if you want to look better, you know you see Zac Efron, The Rock, or Hugh Jackman, you're like, I want to be like that, but you can't, like, you can't handle two weeks of, you know, diet and workouts, yeah. like, in the morning, hit cardio in the afternoon, weight training, and chicken breast and rice every single meal. Yeah. You can't handle that after two weeks, and you're just like, ah, I give up, and never do, never touch fitness yeah. and nutrition. Um, that's one thing that, you know, people, uh, I guess, like, mess up on, mm-hmm. and, you know, and... I'm not saying actors take steroids or anything, but you know they take supplements, yeah. and it's it's an investment of time and money. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if you want to look better, but you know, uh, most of those actors they they even say in interviews that they say that you know um, they don't even want to get down to that level because they feel miserable. You know yeah. what I mean? And like they do it for the movie to look better in the movie, mm-hmm. but they feel miserable the rest of the time yeah. and like you know it, obviously it pays off mm-hmm. but um in sense of feeling better it's not the it's not the way you want to go mm-hmm. but um if you want to feel better you know have more energy i guess like look better in shirts but like that's kind of been um and looking better but but like feeling confident in in shirts and and um you know like um feeling confident just in yourself and your own skin you know, just, like, just focus on the diet because, like, uh, you could just, like, um, pack on protein mm. and, like, each meal so that your body's working overtime to, to burn calories. But this is not uh, nutrition, too. <laughs> no, but um, we, we appreciate it. Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely be reaching out because I do need some support in that. Yeah. Um, but um, how do you all feel about the support that you all received? I, I remember... Um, well, I've, of course, was at the court that you had at the Washington County Courthouse. I was at the rally also um, that happened outside of the Washington County Detention Center. Yeah. Um, even though I was working, like, I was literally on the clock. I was going back and forth because luckily my job consists of this. Yeah. You know, like, we, we wish we could pay the bails of folks that have federal holds, but it doesn't help them because if we pay someone's bail that has an immigration hold, ICE has 48 hours to come pick them up, yeah. you know, but it still falls within the line of my work. So I was there um, and uh, I've seen how specifically El Equipo de Defensa de Inmigrantes um, has been organizing to support you, to fight for you, even in the rain, you know, like that, that rally that happened outside the Washington County uh, Detention Center, like it was pouring rain, it was so bad. I remember we were outside and, you know, folks were there for like a long time and they didn't want to leave. Um, they were scared that like a van had had taken you out when we saw that the bus wasn't coming out anymore. Yeah. Um, like we were literally outside of the of an hotel in Fayetteville. People, some people stayed overnight to right. make sure that the that the bus didn't go to the detention center at night. And when it actually started going in the morning, they followed the bus and we followed yeah. up there. So it was just a lot of crazy things at that time. 
whenever, you know, sometimes I would help post things for the Equipo Defensa del Inmigrante on our social media page, I told you, I would think to myself, like, wow, when he comes out and he says this, like, if this doesn't make him feel good, <laughs> then I don't know what's going to make him feel good. Yeah, it was man. so funny and crazy that you guys did that in, um, in front of the hotel. Because, like, it was, it was funny because the, the officer was trying to, like, sympathize and, like, kind of move you guys along. But, like, you know, trying and to get I, on that level. And I was just there for a few, for, like, I think, like, one or two hours, man. There are people that stayed there overnight, literally slept in their car looking yeah, at that yeah. man and, like, followed it, you know? Yeah. Nah, man, like, I, you know, man, it was it was so beautiful for just to be able to see that, you know, you know, speaking on my court, like, for the, for the Fayetteville court, man, like, everybody showing up to the to the courthouse man like you know like the 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 sheriffs that that brought that brought that brought us in and uh were were standing guard you know they were like man there's a lot of people in here today there must be a lot of court they're like we're gonna be here for a while and once they realized like there was a moment when uh my lawyer came up to me and was like okay we got a new date we're gonna you know we're gonna come back at this date and whatnot. You know, the prosecutor, he's okay with dropping charges and things like that. Shout out George McManus. Yes. Shout out Nathan Bogart. Thank you guys so much for all your support and all the help that, that y'all gave me. Um, but yeah, whenever everybody got up and left, <laughs> the court, the court, the house was empty, man. Mm. And like, it was insane to me because like, you know, the sheriff, the sheriff looks at me, he's like. Were they all there for you? Mm. And I was like, yeah, man, that was everybody here for me. And he, like, I kept making faces and, like, like silently talking to Kevin from afar and, you know, saying hi to people. And he kept saying, hey, man, it's a rule. You can't, like, you can't talk to, you can't talk to them. If, you know, you keep talking to them, we're going to have to remove them. And I was like, well, you're going to have to remove a lot of people, man. <laughs> and so once he got up and left, once y'all got up and left, he was like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know how well that would have worked if, just kept moving people out of here. I was like, there was more people outside, so like, people would just be coming in. So <laughs> you wouldn't be getting people out so yeah, quickly. Man. And uh, yeah, that, that was amazing. You know, uh, there was a couple guys that were in my block that came to that same court, and whenever they came back, they're like, this this guy's got support, you know. And like, it, like I said, I'm and even very... the shirts, man. Like I oh, remember, yeah. um, I was never there for the time that they were making the shirts, but. I was, of course, part of the chat group where people were just talking about, hey, we're making shirts tonight, you know, meet yeah. up at Candy's. And, and I think I think it was uh, Jacob Thunderman who had, like, the like the actual machine to do it. Yeah. So, like, it was just a, a big community effort to oh, yeah. support you. And, you know, that must, that must feel good, you know, and it must reassure you that uh, you have a place in this community and that you've been doing good for other people. Yeah, man, that, that, that for sure, you know, like, brought joy to my heart. Um, you know, like, like I said, when y'all, when y'all blocked the bus, you know, I didn't know that that they blocked the bus from the night before, man. Like, seeing the videos, I, I'm going to tell you the truth, that, you know, it brought tears to my eyes, man, like, for real. Because, like, like, you know, that really showed how much love people have for me and my family. And, and like I said, uh, the, the morning when they transported me, the immigration agent was like, you know, I was just sitting there like, are we about to leave? And he's like, he's, he, I guess he's a little upset with me. And so... Finally, they put me in a little like uh, Dodge Journey, and they take me out. And I was like, as I, I, I look over, and I just see everybody like mm. you know protesting, and I was like, wow, like like really like it brought joy to my heart, like you know knowing that you know you guys were 
you know, you guys were out there really, like, protesting for me and, like, blocking the bus. I know the night before I told my mom, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be leaving to Louisiana, you know, just let everybody know, you know, like, please don't block, like, don't do anything crazy, don't try to block the bus, you know, like that. <laughs> that's literally what happened, and I was yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, man, like, that's so beautiful, you know, like, um, and yeah, you know, once once we started leaving, you know, I, I wanted, you know, I wanted, you know, to be like, you know, hey, can I make a phone call real quick? <laughs> you know, got to get the troops over to, to hey. Fort Smith, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, you know, like I said, and then seeing the protest at City Hall, you know, mm. uh, during the town, you know, like city council meeting, man, like that also brought so much joy to my heart, bro. Like to like know that people went into the, you know what I'm saying, the public space and like, you know, really, you know, fought for the, for, to end 20, you know, 20, 28, you know, yeah. like that, that's huge. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I said, man, the, like coming out like the, and then y'all came through in the parade you know what I'm saying? The cars welcome me home, man. That, like I said, that that brought so much. Like I was so happy, man. And like, your neighbor wasn't happy. Though. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of my neighbors were definitely. Ooh, I had a, like, like uh, one of your neighbors was screaming at me. She said I was gonna call the cops. I was like, yo, just chill. It's just gonna be like for a few minutes, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. She, like I said, that she's a, you know little elderly woman, so she yeah. uh, ain't used to. It's a very quiet neighborhood, so she, she <laughs> a lot of people weren't used to it. And then I think one of my neighbors thought it was my birthday. Uh, and so whenever everybody left, she's like, happy birthday. <laughs> and I was like. And you start, you're talking about, just for those that don't know, you're talking about the welcoming parade that people did for right. you whenever they, I think it was like the day after because we were th- we were saying like, let's give them a, like time to rest first and then the next yeah. day we can go. And we got a group of, uh, of, of a lot of people together and, and stopped by your neighborhood That's and right. uh, said, said hi to you. Um, there was actually supposed to be like more people that we were, that were, we were going to wait on but uh we were telling ourselves like it's getting late you know yeah. like more neighbors are gonna get mad if we get there later <laughs> yeah. so we said like we're gonna go right now and then other folks i think they were waiting when we were done they came in that's right like literally like as soon as the, that, that whole band left like I, I would say like not even like two minutes later the other band came in yeah. i was like oh my gosh like this is so amazing like for real man it, it really you know getting to see all my all my friends like coming through like it really like i said man it, it was a welcome home and like really gave me that sense of like all right you know first round of the fights mm-hmm. it's in the books you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. you know it's time for the round two you know what i mean like, so what's next man like after this has been over and you've probably learned so much and, and probably grown as a person not because of the jail time because like i said i don't think being in jail helps anybody mm-hmm. but just the overall experience uh what is it that you want to do next any projects that you have in the works yeah man uh i just recently completed a, a mural uh, board um, for Crystal Bridges um, and the momentary uh, for social belonging and nine other artists along with Kenny um, and Octavio Logo um, you know to name name a couple um, uh, we've all made like boards and they're, they're going to be placed outside of assisted living facilities mm-hmm. outside of hospitals for the frontline workers um, different sites to really bring uh, the themis togetherness and so we all painted our own uh, vision of what togetherness is. Um, and, you know, Crystal Bridge has made, you know, postcards as well that you can send to your frontline workers or your family members as well. You know, look on, you know, and check out their sites uh, to see where you can pick those up at. And where can um, people reach out to you if they want to hire you for you to paint anything? You know, you know, if you got any art opportunities, come, you know, if you have an Instagram, underscore toxic. Um, 
can you know you want to send me a, a message on Facebook, Alan A L A N Rodriguez. Um, should see a picture of my handsome face on there. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, follow, follow for the workouts too, right? That's right. You know, watch watch our journeys. Watch me and Kevin. Uh, you know, kick each other's butts and you know really show each other new things and show everybody else new things. And um, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, th- the plan is now is to continue spreading positivity and love stay out of trouble (laughs) (laughs) number one but you know for sure you know continue spreading positivity and just uh, also what I'm planning on doing is taking the stories that I've heard and got to experience from all these people um, and find a way to sort of put those and convey those into art pieces or like comic book style cartoons so you know people can really get an experience of what you would say you know, a person who has done 20 years in jail, what their life story is, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because you, you would hear that at first and you would think, okay, 20 years in jail, you know, what's up with this guy? But when you really, like, get to hear their stories, where where they come from, how they got there, like, it's very empowering in a sense for me, like, for me for sure, because it gives you perspective mm-hmm. on your, your struggle. There's things to relate to, even though you can't completely relate to there's things to relate to with everybody yeah um, definitely and like i said that's that's you know that's in the works right now um said i'm gonna keep helping people out you know what i'm saying it hasn't stopped hey, <laughs> you know that's the spirit well thank you all for joining us this week yes, sir. Uh, thank you. this is another episode of the district three podcast we'll be back next week at the same time you can catch this episode online on Spotify or Anchor FM. If you weren't able to catch it all on the radio, we're also on 99.9 FM, 6 p.m. every Sunday, uh, except holidays. But most of the weeks that we're here, uh, we're here. Uh, now we're going to go ahead and uh, end this episode with some music from a local artist. We've played her music before. I know that you all love her music. It's Pura Coco. This is El Salvador. See you all next week. I love you, Coco. <laughs> Where I where